Hi everyone and welcome to Ask the Coach Show episode 15. I'm Jeff Plum from pingskills.com and with me as always is Alois Rosero. Welcome Alois. Morning Jeff. Morning, how are you going this morning? Yeah, going well, going well. Another Excellent. Um, All right, well let's get stuck. Oh sorry? No, no, another bright uh, bright day in Melbourne. So yeah. uh, good to see. Well, let's get stuck into the questions because we've got some good ones again this morning. So thanks, everyone, for keeping on asking good questions. First of all, we've got a question from Andre. And Andre says, at 16 years of age, I've only recently started taking table tennis seriously and I'm a bit worried I'm starting a bit late. Do I still have a chance of making it big or am I too late? Yeah, so Andre, that, that is a, it's a good question. Um, I always say if, if you do start at 16 and you're thinking about trying to become world champion, it may be too late because the, just those grounding and the, um, the abilities that you have um, as a young kid to, to learn um, really do catch up. But having said that, you can reach a very, very, very high level of, uh, of play if you're starting at 16. So if you think about table tennis as a lifelong sport, you know, there's players um, in their 80s and 90s playing, and certainly you can keep improving and learning till you're 40, 50, 60. Uh, physically, you can keep improving, um, and even 70. So, so you've got plenty of time to learn the game, to improve at the game. So yes, you can reach a high level in table tennis. You can reach a state level, even a national level um, at table tennis. But as I say, if you're looking to be number one in the world, maybe it's too late. But Andre, um, be encouraged. Keep working hard. I know a lot of players that have started at your age and are now very good players um, in table tennis. Okay, good advice, Alice. So, yeah, so Andre, yeah, hopefully you're enjoying your table tennis and you're loving it. So just keep on enjoying it, keep on practicing, keep on improving, and just see where it takes you. Okay, now Marcus has a question for us, and Marcus says, I have um, kids 7 and 13 years old, and they have great fun playing table tennis, and they've joined a local club. They train two times a week, um, about one and a half hours each, and it sounds good, but I'm a bit concerned they fool around too much. So how do you balance structured and unstructured training? Yeah, Marcus. Um, um, so with firstly, let's think about your, your seven-year-old. Um, for, for your seven-year-old, it's really important to that they're enjoying the game, that, they're, that they want to go down there and keep going every time. 13-year-old as well, obviously. But um, particularly for that seven-year-old, the most important thing is that they're going down, enjoying playing, and they're starting to um, uh, learn some of the basic skills. So just learning to control the ball, learning to hit the ball backwards and forwards, developing the feel and touch. Um, <clears throat> having said that, I think you can still structure the session but make it fun. So just giving them little challenges all the time during the session. Just um, for every for every drill that they do, that you can you can challenge them with um, some time or some um, 
levels of consistency. You know, how many point, how many hits can you do? Um, how well can you control the ball? Can you hit some targets? So those sort of things can certainly be added into their training to make it fun and to be quite structured as such, so that you are um, developing their skills as well. Now. Um, Marcus also talked about in the full question, so we had to truncate it a little bit. You know, it's um, it can be can be difficult. So uh, there's a coach that runs a session, and he doesn't feel like he should step in. And I think it's a really touchy area, isn't it? I mean, you're you're taking your kids to a coach, um, and if you start to put your nose in, you do start to be seen as you know a meddling parent. Um, but maybe there's things that you can do with your kids um, outside of that session. It's not that difficult to to just set up a little bit of training for them. You know, um, hitting up against the wall, um, hitting at home if you've got a table, um, just getting them to develop those skills um, as an extra session as well. Remember though, make it fun. But if you can develop a little bit more structure with it. Um, great because the structure will lead to um, a development in skills as well. Okay, that's that's interesting. It's a very interesting topic, isn't it? So you definitely mentioned that it's got to be fun, especially for the seven-year-old. Is there any specific advice for the 13-year-old? Yeah, well, they, they still have to enjoy it. That's number one. If they don't enjoy it, then it, by the time they're 15, they're not going to be playing. Yeah, it doesn't really matter anyway. So um, with the 13-year-old, I think you know you can start to structure a little bit more, start to get their head around um, more set drills, um, that sort of thing. Um, but still, I mean, they, they have to enjoy it. You know, if they're in it, the other thing that is important is they're probably in a group um, of um, other kids that they enjoy being around. Perfect. You know, that social side um, will is, is one of the other things that's going to keep them involved in the sport as well. Okay, great. All right, well, I hope that helps, Marcus. Um, very good question. Um, let us know how the coaching pans out. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, now we've got a question from Rutvik. And Rutvik said, um, Yesterday I played a player who was much taller than me and I found it difficult. I am more of a defensive kind of player, so when he hits the ball, he's got an advantage that it bounces a lot more and he is better at pushing. What can I do against him? Yeah, Rutvik. Um, so, I think one of one of the really good basic tactics against a taller player is to play the ball into their body a little bit more. So by playing the ball um, into here, because they've got longer longer levers, um, it's hard for them to cover that ball in the middle. So, so as the general tactic against um, taller players, that's something that you can think about. You know, specifically. So, so you've talked about um, this player is quite good at pushing. Um, and, and you tend to feel like the ball bounces a little bit higher. That's just a little bit of adjustment, you know, so waiting or watching watching the different flight of the ball against that particular player. Um, the ball bouncing higher, you know, maybe, I mean, they're still hitting the ball from the same position, um, so maybe, um, maybe you know, just, just watching the, the different flight of that particular player, but... Um, a, the, the, a good basic tactic is, you know, get them into their into their hip. So if they're a left-hander into their left hip, they're a right-hander hitting into their right hip. Okay, good advice. So hopefully that helps, Rudvik. Um, let us know how you get on. Now, uh, 
Brian, Bryn maybe, sorry about getting your name a little bit wrong there, um, asks the question, says, when both players are in position to play, can the server hit the ball in the air and catch it or bounce the ball on the floor like you would in tennis uh, before you serve? Yeah, there's no a specific rule there, and you'll find a lot of players will have a few um, routines that they do, so some of them will bounce the ball on the table or bounce the ball on their back before they serve or bounce it on the floor. Um, that's okay, as long as, as long as the umpire doesn't feel like they're just deliberately time-wasting. Um, the, the rule says that the play needs to be continuous, so, I mean, if, if they were there for... 10 seconds doing that, then the umpire would say something about it. If they're only there for, you know, if they do that as part of their routine and then serve, usually that will be allowed. Um, so I think it's just the level and the degree of, of how long they're taking with that, with that preparation time before points um, and, and what the what the umpire deems as being continuous. So Okay, and what about... Um you know, the rule that once you throw it up, the serve's in play. So how does the umpire tell that, you know, if they're throwing it up to bounce it on their bat, that that's not actually part of the serve? Yeah, good question, because, um, yeah, it can be a little bit tricky. I mean, usually the umpire will start to see and develop or a bit of an understanding of a player's routine. So, um, yeah, and, and usually you can tell whether they've actually thrown it up to try and serve it or they've thrown it up to bounce the ball on their, on their bat. So... Uh, yeah, it's usually something that the players can tell pretty easily, but um, yeah, it could be a could be a little bit of a of a of a grey line there. Okay, excellent. So now we move on to the ping skillers question of the day, and today we want to know how many days a week do you play table tennis? So leave a comment, and we'd love to hear from you. So thanks again for watching the show. Um, episode 15, we're really happy about how the show's going. If you've got any feedback, let us know. Again, leave a comment. And as always, check out the website, www.pingskills.com. Thanks for watching. Thanks for answering all those questions, Alois. Thank you, Jeff. And I want to know, you, Jeff, how many times a day do you play now? Um, close to zero. <laughs> what about you, what, uh, yeah, me probably three, four, five days a week. What What about when you were when you were training properly though? How many oh, days when I was training properly, uh, you know, six, seven days a week. Seven days a week. Oh, okay, no rest for the wicked. That's right. <laughs> All, right. All right. We look forward to hearing your answers, and we will see you next time. Thanks again for watching.